This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front line, sleeping peace tonight, American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. The captain is back in the studio, and of course, as you would expect, he is standing and saluting on this, the Navy birthday. And we welcome from the Southern Command, the Southern Studios of WYSL, Colonel Paul Simonelli, broadcasting from Florida. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Steve. Uh, Hi, Paul. A little bit, a little bit after the Navy's birthday, October thirteenth, seventeen seventy-five. That's right. Uh, the so Continental Navy. Little, that's right. Two hundred forty-eighth birthday of the United States Navy. That's right. Um, so we just couldn't let that go by, especially with the presence of uh, such a distinguished veteran of the Navy, Captain Steve Momano. Uh oh. Uh, what would you mean, uh-oh? Uh, I know something's coming. Not at all. Steve. Oh, well, I appreciate I'm that, Paul. I'm, I'm, I'm being sincere. I know you uh, are. I know you are. You know, a little bit of melancholy not being in the studio with you guys. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, we miss you up here. We do. Uh, but uh, we'll try to keep things going. I mean, I, I've got I've to gotta say, though, the last few days down here uh, in southern Florida, southwest Florida, this is what why people come to Florida. It's been you know mid to high seventies, yeah, mm. low humidity. Really, the breeze has been coming off the Gulf Coast, um, or as they the call it, the Gulf. Sw- the Gulf. Yeah, the Gulf. That's the, the Gulf. Uh, you know, the, the palm trees have been swaying. Mm. Um, it's Killing just me. been one of those absolutely <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And I've been talking to folks back home, and they've been saying. Uh, uh, it's 45, it's overcast, <laughs> it's rainy, and uh, I said, oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, we got 45 but, and uh, drizzle as we record this show up here. So just, yeah, I'm just well, feeding your schadenfreude uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think uh, my pool's almost twice that temperature, and uh, I don't know. i got to say, it's, it's really sort of beautiful down here right now. I know next July you'll be laughing at me probably, but uh, we'll... Uh, um, we'll, we'll deal with that then. You're gonna you're gonna regret the, you're gonna regret this conversation, Colonel, uh, when there's a knock on your door one night and it's uh, Steve and me with uh, with suitcases. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, I am. You guys are. You've got an open invitation. We've Thank got uh, we, we've got the Momano Suite. We've oh. got the Savage Suite ready for you. Um, and uh, you we'll, know, we'll bring the Genoa uh, salami. <laughs> right, uh, hey, listen, I'll, I'll have a little bit of a shopping list for, you know, <laughs> I, I'll need you to stop at Olindo's. I haven't oh, found a substitute Lindo's. 
for our windows yet. Yeah, but, like uh, um, beautiful. You know, you, we'll we'll have to have you bring a few things down with you, but we'll, uh, you know, the sacrifices you make. Um, I know. We're still we're still getting settled, but the beautiful beautiful uh, setting down here. Look so forward it is to it. The two, 248th birthday of the Navy, and, you know, you figure any organization that's been around that long, you think about companies or other entities that have been around that long, um, you know, they got to be pretty sophisticated in their operations, right, Steve? Right. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they really got their stuff together, and, um, you know, when they have a problem, they, they go right to the source of that problem and, and figure things out, and... You know, one thing unique about the Navy, uh, you know, they, they, they deploy all over. I used to say crews, and my uh, nephew used to get very upset with me. He was on submarines. I used the word crew. We weren't allowed to use the word cruise. We had to say deployment, not <laughs> cruises. Um, but, uh, you know, you deploy someplace, and, you, you know, you're on a ship. And, you know, in the Army, you go someplace. You're lucky you have a flat surface that doesn't have rocks or something to sleep on. And Uh-oh, but the Navy, on the other hand... You know they've got they've got some really serious issues, and you know they got ships running into ships and ships running aground, and right. you know uh, you know missiles firing at each other, and uh, captains being relieved because they're grumpy and hmm. um, bad water. They, maybe what bad drinking water? Bad drinking water. So yeah. someone's not doing their job, and you know they think they've really gotten to the bottom of the problem, right, Steve? Yeah. And what's that problem? Mattresses. Mattresses. That's what it is. Did you hear this one, Bob? This is this is really this one takes the cake. I did not. You you want to intro it or do you want me to do it? Go right ahead, my friend. Okay, the Navy has yet to address two the two biggest contributors to shipboard fatigue more than six years after two deadly collisions. All right, we're talking about two ships that had collisions a couple years ago. USS John McCain, USS Fitzgerald. They have, quote-unquote, inadequate crewing, which is, I've never heard that term before, uh, keeping sailors working longer hours, limiting their sleep. And when they do sleep, sailors have to contend with, get this, uncomfortable mattresses. Okay? Overwork... (laughs) Uh, highlighted in a Navy uh, report to Congress, this is a GAO report in March, showed shipboard sailors on average had just 6.26 hours of available sleep, uh, and they actually ended up getting actually 5.25 hours of actual sleep, well below the 7.5 hours required by policy, whatever that is. Can can you believe this, Paul? When I was reading this, I was like, are you are you kidding me? Are you are you kidding me? I mean, there actually is a, a policy somewhere that says the sailor has to get seven point five hours of sleep. When when did they write that? Well, I'm sure there is some some expert, you know, on uh, human dynamics and human efficiency that uh, says yeah. that that's an ideal I amount guess. of sleep for people who work in high stress settings. Um, <laughs> and you know, I. I, I guess the bigger issue for me is, you know, we're always talking about how the Navy's shrinking and there's less ships. And right. Stuff's more automated on the ships. Right. Yet these ships are so under strength, and it's going to take 15 years to get these ships up to, you know, full strength. I don't know, or whatever they're saying. Right. I, I just, 
I don't, I don't get, uh, I don't get where they get. They're not meeting the recruitment goals or the retention goals. Well, that's a big um, part of it. See, they, they they're, what they're saying by um, uh, inadequate crewing means they don't have enough watch sections. They have instead of having guys on eight, uh, you know twelve on twelve off, they're probably working these guys more hours than, than normal. But you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to hear that. I, I don't want to hear people bitching about how many hours they had to work when they were underway. Yeah, I mean, you, when you're underway, you, you, your life is not yours anymore. You 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 fall in the rack uh, and get a few hours of sleep in between your jobs while the ship is is on the waves. I mean, you there's plenty to do for you to do. I don't remember ever getting 7.5 hours of sleep a night, uh, ever. Even in port, I didn't get seven and a half hours of sleep. Especially in port. Because you were, Especially you, were port. Uh, you know. You were on shore drinking and doing and exactly. carousing. I never, I never drank, Paul. Okay, I never I drank. Okay, Steve. Okay, now the GAO <laughs> is still monitoring data to evaluate why sailors are not getting enough sleep. I have a few theories about this, but I mean, maybe we should talk about them off air. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I got to say this though. You know, I, I uh, it's it's very easy to lose well, track of, 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 of the quality no, of the quality of sleep that you get. I, I remember changing my mattress, I don't know, like a few years ago, and holy moly, what a difference that made. All of a sudden, I had a lot more energy. And Well, they showed pictures of these sailors getting their new mattresses aboard. They were, you know, you know what it is? They've got a big pallet full of them. They say, have at it. And they go, everybody grabs their own mattress and probably goes up to their rack, uh, rack and puts it in there. Well... Uh, these are not like um, you know um, Metro mattress, Stearns and, you know, and Foster. These <laughs> right. are like they're about that thick. Yeah, it, it looks like something from a prison. Uh, you know the old horsehair mattresses <laughs> with, a, with a blue no, ticking. I mean the, the ticking. You get the ticking on the outside, but and they're nice and clean and they're new. But I mean, you're not going to get uh, you know you're not, not going to get a purple mattress. No, yeah, no. Yeah. You don't yeah. have pillow you're not tops. A sleep number, right? A sleep number. Or a pillow sleep top number. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Dude, you ever see the racks that sailors uh, sleep in uh, on the ship? I mean, they're, if they're sleeping three, four high, some of them are sleeping four high, <laughs> and and there's not a lot of room. That's a lot of climbing. Well, there, there, there's there's only about that much space in the, the other rack. Side it's, of it is. It's like being in a phone booth laying down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. 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 And, right. You know, the, the other side of it is, uh, you know, in Europe. They they do make some very thin mattresses, you know, that are four <laughs> inches, four or five inches thick, that are unbelievably comfortable to sleep on. Um, so it's not. Yeah, is it possible that you could get some comfortable sleep on a, you know, in a narrow space? Sure, it, it's, it's 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 all doable. But anyway, it's just sort of funny that those were the two big findings. Um, they're working them too much, and they need new mattresses. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, my, my heart bleeds for him. Yeah. Yes, you yeah. are. Yeah, we apologize. <laughs> we, have the, we have the colonel due to a technical uh, meltdown. We have the colonel on the phone this week. We'll we'll have that straightened out next week. More to come here on Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. Well, here I am, honey. Come on. Look at me. 
Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. Get your tickets now for a Stars and Stripes celebration Friday, November 3rd, 6 p.m. at the Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Help celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Veterans Outreach Center and honor the men and women who have served our country with a night of fine dining, dessert, and dancing. Special ticket pricing is available for all veterans. Go to vocrlc.org slash celebration or call 585-546-1081. 585-546-1081. Join Abatement Row County. American bikers aim toward education and help adult bikers ride free and safe. Check out our meetings on the third Friday monthly at Wise Guys Diner and Catering, 2811 Dewey Avenue. Join Abate for less than 50 cents a week. Google Abate Monroe County on the web. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 988 and then press 1. Donate now, vocroc.org. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. This is our maiden voyage here on uh, Valor Radio of uh, broadcasting with the the colonel from the Southern Command, that's uh, the Florida studios of WISL for Valor Radio. Colonel, you're back. We're back. And, uh, you know, the, the story we were just talking about, about fatigue and uh, problems, it, it's, it's service-wide. Um, you know, Steve, I, I, we were, uh, you know, another story we were looking at that uh, was, highlighting that uh, 70% of active service members are overweight to some extent. And, Steve, I think you were getting to an issue, I, you know, why people aren't getting sleep on ships. I, I think it's a couple of things. I think uh, I, I know where you were going with that. I think, I think you're saying that uh, now that ships are, you know, a lot more uh, male, females on the ships probably <laughs> changes the dynamics. There's a lot of socializing going on. Um, I, I think that's probably where you're going. If I'm wrong, correct me. Is but that, is I think that another the, thing is that the love boat. Is that what we're talking about here? I, I'm I, listening. I, I, you're on to something. Yeah, but the other, I think, I think the other part of that too is I think electronics, a personal electronics, has a lot to do with that too, where people don't sleep. Yeah, um, we were talking about you that. You know, I, I, you know, when I was on deployments uh, early in my career, um, you know, you'd write a short letter home. If you're lucky enough to get mail, you got mail, you read it. 
maybe you'd read a little bit and you'd go to sleep. Right. And that was it. Right. Now you can lay in your bunk and you can play war you know, play games on electronic devices right. for hours and all of a sudden, uh oh, I'm back on duty in, in forty five minutes and I haven't slept. I mean it's really easy I'll, to I'll blow bet you three that's what it is. Hours. It's simple as that. And yes, I think it is. And you know, I don't know that they factor that in or anything else. Now people do need to have some downtime. Some people find that relaxing to do that, mm-hmm. but the bottom line is unless you shut that stuff off, put your head down on a pillow and go to sleep, mm-hmm. you're not going to be rested. And when you get on watch or when you get on duty, you're not going to be sharp and bad things are going to happen. So I, once again, I, we don't know everything that that report found because we don't right. have access to it, but right. the reality is there's, there's other, I think, exacerbating reasons why people aren't getting the rest they need um, and... You know that's that's it. I like I said, I would I'd read and that would put me to sleep, and I'd wake up, you know, with whatever sleep I got. That's the other thing, and I'm sure you were, you know, you developed this in the military. If you give me 30 minutes, I can sleep. I can fall asleep in five minutes or four minutes. If you if I find a place, you know, where no one's ba- bothering me, <laughs> I I can sleep, and I can always catch a cat nap. And um, right, you know, you take advantage of that that's just that's a skill you uh, you know you develop in the military um i think army guys ha- actually have that skill better than any of the other services maybe the marine corps but um you're right about that the ability to fall asleep anywhere anytime and and take a cat nap whenever wherever that's right. a that's so a skill finding, right we're you know we're finding now they're saying nearly 70 percent of active service members are overweight um which, which that tells me, I think a lot of people are coming to the service, you know, marginal, where they may not have been, um, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. They were probably in better shape coming to the service. I know the Army's added this new program before you go to basic training. You know, they're spending a lot of money. I forgot how many weeks they're doing, six or eight weeks before you go to basic training to get you to the minimum standards that you need to for physical training. Um, to go to basic training, and they, you know, they just adopted that. Um, so, you know, the, the that article that I, I sent you was talking about, oh, BMI is racist because it was established, you know, with white non-Hispanic males, and but that really, it whether it where it came from, it's a it's a standardized measure. So, if nothing else, it gives you something. You know, it's the same for everybody. Where it came from really doesn't matter. You know, if a scale is wrong, as long as it's consistent, well, the, it, the, the key the, the key is that uh, DOD says obesity rates have more than doubled over the past decade, right. from ten percent to twenty one percent. What what's going on in the last decade that would cause that? Well, uh, first of all, COVID. Of I I think a couple of things. I think the level of deployments. Um, you don't emphasize. I mean, when you're when you're deployed someplace. You don't typically have, you know, the, uh, you know, the. If you're in a forward operating base, it's not easy to work out. You're not doing the things you do. The food, your diet is probably not as good. Right. Um, you know, you're getting, you know, an MRE is what forty seven hundred calories. You eat a couple of those a day, <laughs> you're you can be a hurting camper. Is it that quick. much? You have, you have that much? I, in, wow. I, yeah, because one of those, they, I think one of those is supposed to be enough for you to survive on. So hmm. uh, daily, wow. if you had to. 4,700 so, calories. Um, it must be one hell of a yeah, chili, Mac. Yeah, you're kidding. You're not kidding. But uh, um, so 
I, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think there's stress related to that. I think mm-hmm. eating, you know, is so there's probably a, a combination of, of things that, that have led to that. Um, and, and I think it's generational, too. Once again, I think people are coming closer to the margin than they were before. And, um, you know, they're, they're closer to the edge of that. Because uh, kids are coming in heavier, less muscle mass, and other things, and so it's easier for them to get to that point where they're over over the edge. Um, but I, all this is all interrelated, and I, I think we're just something we've got to, uh, um, you know, it, it's a societal thing, and it flows through the military, right? I mean, right. That it, it's it, just it crosses the way it is. crosses service lines, but the, although the, right. the Marine Corps doesn't have that problem. Marines, you don't see fat Marines. I, I don't, um, anyway. No, typically you don't. Typically you don't. Um, you know, once again, they're they're the smallest service. They exceeded their um, their recruiting goals by 12 people this year. <laughs> so they met their numbers, though. Yeah. You know, you, you get, yeah. But they're the only service that met their That's numbers. That's a monumental task that they uh, achieved, I think. Under right. the circumstances, to what everybody else, everybody right. else failed, right? Um, and and they didn't they didn't adjust their standards to do it, right? Um, so you know for whatever reason that's uh, you know that that that's there's something to be said for that, right? So, um, but this is uh, you know this is this I think this is once again it's a societal thing and and unless we uh, unless some other things change and I I think. Uh, and I, you know, once again, I never spent an extended time on a ship. So, you know, going back to our original discussion, I, I think there's a lot of things that go into it. I don't know, I don't know how much control when a person's off duty on a ship. I, I mean, I guess they probably pretty much get left alone to do whatever they want. There's and really not a lot of space in, in a lot of places you can go to just kind of unwind. You have to, you have to get into a, a routine. And you have to um, be okay with the routine. You have to, you know, if you if you if you don't like what you're doing, if you don't like your job, that's one thing. And there's always going to be people you can't get away from because you you know on a ship, you cannot avoid pay people. Certain people they they're in your in your in your face all the time. So you have to be able, but you have to be able to get even if it's going off on the on, on the sponsor or the, the the fantail and having a cigarette back back, but then you can't do that now anymore at all because they don't allow smoking. So they've taken smoking away, which is a big deal you, for smokers. Nobody can smoke on the ship, really. Um, I think most uh, navy ships you're not allowed to. Wow. Yeah. Or there's only like a certain time and a certain place where people can do it. And if that's the case, then that um, they, they have a backup at the fantail because people just want to go there and smoke. And it's always the same people who were smokers. So, um, but that's difficult. I mean, if you you telling people you can't smoke at all, um, that's a difficult thing. I I I don't know how they they manage that. I just think of the number of guests and hosts here that come to WYSL and before or after the, the, the show, irrespective of weather, it could be snowing, it could be right. blowing like they're out in the parking lot smoking. I don't know how it's you amazing. can tell people you can't, you can't, you can tell somebody you can't smoke on a, on a deployment. I mean, they'd have to give up smoking before they started the deployment. They'd have to, because I mean, they're otherwise they're going to be, you know, 
And they're still going to be selling cigarettes in the browser. And now you're back into the obesity thing again because they stopped smoking. They're going to cram candy. Every, everything in their face <laughs> they possibly can. I don't know. I, I, it must be awful. It must be interminable being on deployment I'll, I'll, t- for I'll some tell people. you this. I, I, I've never smoked in my entire life. Me uh, but But uh, I remember what radio stations used to be like. I was in the minority. Everybody smoked. What was the smell of a radio station? Oh, it was the smell of uh, of cigarettes, stale cigarette smoke, and hot dust baking on <laughs> on on hot <laughs> vacuum tubes. That's what every radio station smelled like. They all smelled the same. <laughs> wow! So, so, sounds like the anyway, tank, Paul. I'm sorry. What did the tank smell like? It depended. It depended whether you were in training and if you were in gunnery. <laughs> Uh, no, because you know when you fire off when you fire off a main gun round or you're firing off the machine gun, you know you have uh, the powder smell inside. Or you get the cordite from the main gun round. Um, it, there's nothing like that smell. Mm. So smells like victory. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a great smell. It really is. <laughs> All right, it's Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. We got uh, Colonel Paul Simonelli broadcasting from his new studios in Florida. We will get the microphone working for the next show, we promise. And uh, we will be back with more of this episode of Valor Radio right after the break. Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania. You're listening to Valor Radio. We are back in here at Valor Radio just talking during the break here with uh, the captain on the almost uh, birthday of the Navy. And one of the things I've learned here, Colonel, is that uh, on board Navy ships, they have a midnight buffet like on the cruise ships. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, we have something called midnight rations, mid-rats. And, uh, I, I, I knew that the enlisted guys had a chance to go down and get, get something, but I didn't know, you know, for the longest time that officers had something. So I, when I found out about it, I was like, yeah, let's go down and get some Chili Mac. You know, usually Chili Mac was the big thing that they had, or, or they had um, leftover fish sticks or something. I don't know, with uh, lots of tartar sauce. Or... Of course you've got fish sticks on a oh, Navy, on a we, Navy we vessel. Had a fish called the, have have we had a fish called the trapezoidal fish on the Coral Sea. <laughs> it, was, it was in the shape of a coffin, which is appropriate. <laughs> but I loved it. It was deep fried. It's a personal rule I have. I don't eat coffin-shaped food. I, I, <laughs> I just don't. But it was delicious, and uh, we, we ate so much of it. It was on the menu every day that um, eventually on my second deployment, second cruise, sorry, we call them cruises in the med, um, on the second cruise, all the aviators got together and uh, wrote a letter to the mess guy and said, we don't want any more of this fish, which is unfortunate because I loved it. Just loaded up with lots of tartar sauce. But they ended up getting it taken off the menu. What was it? It was the trapezoidal fish. But what kind it, of? It's we, a, we don't it's a know. kind of a comp. It was like I don't want to say it was white fish because it was kind of a composition, like a, a fish stick. Mm. You know, there was all the they it's pressed a, it into a, a form bought from the lowest bidder. Right, yeah, and exactly, it was, right. it was a battered, <laughs> better dipped and deep fried, and it was delicious. I thought, uh, and it was it was satisfying. Deep fried is delicious. 
course. Exactly. <laughs> Lots yeah. of tartar sauce, boy. I'll tell you what. That tartar sauce, you, you could grease your skids with that puppy. Gee, I'm wondering why uh, why people are overweight in the service. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. So. This is beautiful. All right. So, you know, we're getting into fall. We're into fall, obviously. And, uh, um, you know, we're, we're working towards uh, Veterans Day in uh, less than a month. And I know people start thinking about uh, um, people they served with and other things. And, you know, every year the VA you know, comes out and asks folks to, um, you know, think about people they served with. And not only just think about them, but reach out. And uh, VA asked this week in particular uh and I'm asking people to do the same thing. I'm going to do it. Uh, I actually yesterday uh, reached out to uh, a friend who lives in uh, southern Florida here. He actually just lives about 30, well, not even 30 miles north of where I'm at. I uh, spoke with him yesterday morning. I got nine more I'm going to do. But the VA asked veterans to call 10 veterans for National Buddy Check Week starting uh, yesterday. So uh, I've got one down. I've got nine more to do, um, and I'm going to ask our listeners that are veterans to do the same. I know we get around Veterans Day. I'm, I, I just love it. Uh, the phone always rings. Someone always calls that I haven't heard from in a while, and um, I sort of kick myself uh, that why didn't I reach out and make calls? So I'm, I'm going to jump the gun this year. I'm not going to wait for Veterans Day or the days around Veterans Day, and I'm glad the VA put this message out. Uh, that uh, it's uh, it's time to uh, think about uh, folks that you served with, uh, peacetime, wartime, it doesn't matter, but someone someone who made you laugh, someone you might have, you know, got intoxicated with, someone you might have uh, threw up with after <laughs> a run. Um, uh, you know, it doesn't, good times and bad, but uh, see how they're doing. You know, people were, you know, Steve, uh, Bob, we're we're getting a little bit up in years there, and you never know, um, you know, when someone might be sick or might be struggling or uh, whatever, and uh, just getting a phone call from somebody uh, can make you're absolutely you know, quite right. A you're absolutely so, right, Paul. Yeah, because right? you know the thing and, is, you a lot of times what we have the tendency to do is to wait until. There's something good to report. We say, well, I'm going to call when you know, there's something good going on because I just don't want to call and, you know, moan about this and that and the condition of the country or whatever. I'm just going to wait till something good. And you never call them. And then you find out something happened to them. Or I just found out last week my old boss in uh, California, his his uh, his wife has can- had cancer. And uh, I called to see how, she- how they were doing, and-, and she had died on the 17th of September. I felt just awful about it. Now, I just, you know, all I can think about is, uh, you know, all those weeks I, I didn't I didn't call him, and I, I was thinking about him, but I didn't call him, and I wish I had. Right. So uh, I, I'm asking uh, folks that listen to the radio show, and I'm going to put some messages up on our Facebook and on LinkedIn and other things to, about this. Um, just I think it's, it's critically important, not just now, but always. It's... Uh, um, you know, get off the television, get off the computer, get off your phones and Facebook, and pick up the phone and call. Um, yeah, the there's, phone's there's much no better anyway. Do. Yeah, so is it. Yeah. So much is uh, um, talking to somebody, and I know it's hard sometimes. Boy, I know it's hard to, you know, to reach out sometimes and talk to people when you haven't talked to them in a while. But I'm telling you, you know, a minute on the phone with someone, and you feel like you've been, 
next door to them or, you know, it doesn't take long to get right back where you were. Um, and it, it, you don't know the positive effect it can have on someone until, until you do it. Uh, I, I, I know this. I mean, I just know this because people have told me time and again that how, you know, that they've gotten a call from someone and, and, and the effect that it had. And, um, and you don't, Steve, like you're just saying now, selfishly, you don't want to have to hear news and, and feel bad that you never got to say the things you wanted to say to someone mm-hmm. um, yeah. you cared about. Someone who maybe it was just for a short period in life that uh, that person was, you know, that was a person you were relying on um, to get you through some tough times. And, yeah, you went on with life afterwards and took the uniform off and went home and, you know, life went on and you got a great job and family and everything else. Uh, uh, but, you know, someone got you through those tough times, even if they just made you laugh, if nothing else. And well, sometimes uh, that was the most yeah. important thing. You know, oh, sure. I, 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 uh, I have so much um, um, affection and reverence and, uh, you know, respect for people who just got us over the hump. I mean, it was some, there were some days where we just didn't think we were going to make it. And, uh, and and just sometimes people who who just had a a, a funny way about them or a, a good uh, you know a good sense of humor or maybe they just you know they just uh, exuded confidence they just made made you want to get through the day and then you, next thing you know you're home you know and so I I can never right. repay the people who who kept me going I could never repay them I I always wanted would want to talk to them. Question is whether they want to talk to me or not. But I, I'd love to talk to people. I, I, after all these years, I, I, you know, all this stuff comes back. You know, that's right. And uh, so, ten people in this week, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, next week on the radio, we can talk about someone we connected with, and uh, um, maybe a funny story or something from someone we connected with that uh, came back to you know we remembered after talking to somebody. Um, you know, every year, this time of year, we're all waiting to see us retirees <laughs> are waiting to see what's going to happen or, or folks that are on Social Security uh, um, because, uh, you know, military retirees uh, get uh, a raise every year based on whatever raise Social Security gets. And last year, uh, the government went nuts and gave us how much was the last year? 8.7. Uh, Whoa. 8.7. I didn't know that. Year. And then 5.9% in 2022. Right. And now this year um, seems very – I mean, I remember years when it was like 1.2 or something. But even this year, uh, military retirees and disabled vets are going to get 3.2% in 2024. What year did you retire, Paul? uh, Well, I mean, I turned 60 in – 2018. Okay. From 2012 to 2020, the average COLA increase, cost of living adjustment, was 1.4%. So when they got 8.7 last this year, that was a, a seismic event. Right. Right. Except and, for that uh, inflation problem. That oh, yeah. Happened. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Inflation. Yeah, I know, but you know what? You, you talk to so many people that have, you know, traditional retirements. You know, I talked to a lot of police officers. You know, they get almost no adjustment. I mean, you know, Ooh. they get X dollars a month when they retire. That's what they're getting the rest of their life. So um, it is nice that there is some adjustment to it. It might not be the greatest, uh, but I'm not complaining. And this year it's 3.2, and 
So just since I've retired, it's been, I can't complain about it. Just since my retirement, um, it, it's been a substantial increase in retirement payments. And folks that get uh, VA compensation and disability, that's gone up the same proportion. So um, it, it's a good number. All right, there's more Valor Radio to come here on the WISL stations. We'll rock a baby in the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. So rock a baby in the treetop. When the wind blows. Your go to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. Hi, I'm Alan Ginsberg of the A.M. Ginsberg Advisory Group, LLC. I know a lot of you have heard enough of my ad regarding business continuation. We started this campaign in September 2020, and I want you to know the response has just been tremendous. The best part is that we're seeing the results of our efforts. Business owners who have been procrastinating on how to make sure their business continues on a successful path are starting to make the changes that are needed. Whether it be talking to their children, key employees, or favorite competitors, they are starting to get things done making sure that their life's work doesn't just go by the wayside. Give us a call at 585-377-4720. We'll sit down and talk, find out what your business and family goals are. That's 585-377-4720. Thank you. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. AM Ginsburg Advisory Group and the Securities America companies are separate entities. Get your tickets now for a Stars and Stripes celebration Friday, November 3rd, 6 p.m. at the Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Help celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Veterans Outreach Center and honor the men and women who have served our country with a night of fine dining, dessert, and dancing. Special ticket pricing is available for all veterans. Go to vocroc.org slash celebration or call 585-546-1081. 585-546-1081. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. We're back in here, Valor Radio. Thanks so much for joining us on WISL 92.1 FM, 95.5 FM West, AM 1040, and always online at WISL1040.com. Again, we throw it to Colonel Paul Simonelli broadcasting our inaugural show from his Southern Command, the Florida studios of Valor Radio. Colonel? Thanks, Robert, and uh, with your permission, uh, Bob and uh, Steve, I'd just like to take a few minutes here, uh, something along the topic we were just talking about. Um, This week, 
this past week, October 8th, uh, it was, came to find out that uh, someone uh, that had a dramatic effect on my life uh, as a young officer passed away. Mm. Uh, Colonel uh, Don Bruner uh, passed away at 78 after, you know, a, a tremendous life of service, uh, both to the military and as an educator after the military. You know, you, you meet people, you meet a lot of people in your lifetime, and I'll tell you, as a young lieutenant, um, young, naive, immature, ill-prepared uh, 22-year-old at Fort Polk, Louisiana, uh, you know, with a little hindsight, you're, you're thankful that certain people came into your life, and uh, uh, Don Bruner um, was the XO of my 1st Armor Battalion I was assigned to, and uh, I thank the Lord every uh, quite often that he was there, not only because, uh, but for him, who knows what would have happened to me, but also the life lessons that I, I got from this man. Um, you know, he was a, a Vietnam veteran. He was decorated for valor. Uh, multiple times in Vietnam, uh, just, uh, you know, he wasn't a tall man, but he was a mountain of a man. He was powerfully strong. Um, you know, he's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, Duquesne University graduate. He was, you know, one of 14 kids. Uh, I, you know, I remember the stories he would tell. His father uh, was a caretaker at a, a cemetery, and he would, uh, they they dig graves in the winter by hand when necessary and tell stories about putting, you know, a tent over a grave site with a pickaxe out there and, you know, frozen ground and digging graves, uh, getting them ready for to bury people. And, you know, when you see how strong this man was, you could see why he was that way from having to do that as a young man. Um, but, uh, you know, served the Army in Vietnam as an infantry officer. Uh, and like I said, decorated, uh, was, uh, came to know him as my uh, battalion XO. You know, he was the enforcer in the battalion. Uh, we had a uh, uh, pretty wonderful battalion commander, another real influence in my life, but uh, he was the enforcer. He had the nickname Chopper because uh, he was known to just chop the legs right out from under you. Not in a mean, never in a mean way, but boy, he would, he could, uh, he could humble you very quickly and, and always a learning experience. But also, he was like the gentle giant. Uh, you know, Hagrid hadn't been developed yet as a character, but, you know, when I think about, uh, Hagrid and, uh, Harry Potter, uh, you, you see some of the same characteristics, you know, powerful, but, uh, kind and, uh, that that that's what he was to uh, everybody that he came in contact with. Um, just uh, absolute uh, uh, wonderful character. Uh, he uh, not only through his service in the military, but uh, you know I, I ran into him um, after I left Fort Polk. He was selected for command and ended up commanding that battalion, the Tiger Battalion, three seven seven armor. Um, and I know that was probably one of the proudest days of his life, getting selected for command and taking command of that unit. And I actually got to visit him while he was in command down there, and him and his wife, Darlene, um, absolutely, you know, two of the finest, wonderful people. 
Um, Where did he retire he, to, Paul? I'm sorry? Where did he retire to? He retired to Culpeper, Virginia. And, oh, that's a uh, great became, place. I'm familiar it? with and, it. Yeah, I like that place. Yeah, he became became a uh, a history teacher. Isn't that something? Uh, boy, I don't know how if I, I, if I had had him as a, as a student, I don't know if I would have made it. But uh, once again, he was a tough guy, but always fair and always unbelievably caring. I think um, his students must have, must have had a great uh, you know 31 years in the military. Here's the kind of guy he was. So I hadn't seen this guy in more than a decade. Um, and I'm in Bosnia in 1996, and I fly into Sarajevo. I have to do a briefing for the commanding general, and uh, I'm at the headquarters, and I, I turn around the corner, and I practically run smack dab into him. And there he is, and he was the commanding general's uh, headquarters commandant. And it was like, you know, running into this guy, it was like old home week. Once again, it was the biggest surprise in the world, and we're doing the bear hugs and everything else. And, you know, we got to spend a couple of days and evenings uh, together. It was probably made, it was one of the high points of that deployment. But came to find out, once again, the sacrifice he was willing to make. You know, we all know that when you're a colonel, you max out at 30 years. You're supposed to be out of the out of the military at 30 years. And... Well, this four-star general decided, it, you know, he had his bags packed, him and his wife, all their sh- goods had been shipped home, and then Bosnia popped up. And the general said, Don, I want you to go to Bosnia with me. And like the trooper he was, you know, all the deployments he had, everything he had done over 30 years, it just wasn't enough, and he went to Bosnia with the general. Uh, once again, sacrificing, um, and there he was. And that's why I ended up with 31 years instead of 30. Um, but uh, just, uh, you know, that's the kind of guy he was, always willing, you know, to go that extra mile. And it was great seeing him in Bosnia. And, uh, um, you know, just uh, once again, you just very infrequently do you run into people like him. He had another, after his military career, he had another full career teaching for 25 years. What did he do? Did he teach high school or did he teach college or what? Uh, he was teaching. Uh, he was teaching history uh, both at the high school and college level. Uh, he was also wow. teaching history program at a at a prison facility. So isn't I mean, that something? Give him back to the community. Uh, absolutely. You know, he's very strong in his faith. He's Catholic. Uh, um, actually, him and his wife Darlene, just absolutely the best people. Um, and they actually helped my wife and I, you know, brought us closer in the church and, uh, um, you know, kept us very involved. Um, once again, you know, lieutenants didn't mess around with field grade officers, but, you know, really that, that was immaterial when it came to church or, you know, that part of life and, uh, you know, really welcomed us into the church community at Fort Polk. Um, and so just all around uh, unbelievable life of accomplishment and service from, you know, the day he started, uh, you know, digging those graves as as a young kid with his father, you know, to a lantern by lantern light in Pittsburgh uh, on those freezing nights to, uh, you know, his finishing uh, over 56 years of uh, professional service as a soldier and a teacher, just absolute uh, wonderful guy. And I want to just say, uh, 
thank you to Darlene and the family for sharing him uh, with the service and with uh, everyone else that got to experience him and uh, um, just uh, let let them know that uh, he's uh, in our prayers and the family's in our prayers. And uh, Kevin and Jeff, uh, uh, we uh, just want you to know here at Valor Radio, uh, we're, we're just... Uh, We'll keep you in our thoughts and our prayers uh, as you uh, go through this time of mourning. Uh, Paul, so, just, I know you can't see the clock, about a minute and a half here. Just wanted to let, give you a heads yeah, up. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been watching. So it just goes to show, you know, these people, you, you experience them sometime in life. And just want to say, I, I want to hand on a happy note because he would want it that way. I, this is, I'm I, I'm one of those things, you're, you're happy you got to know someone like him. He would not, he's not one to sit around and mourn. Um, you know, the, the funny stories I could tell you. But once again, he, he gave me some lessons in humility as a 22-year-old. Uh, I can tell you, there's no BS in him. Uh, when he asked you a question, if you didn't know the answer, it's when I first learned to, to say, I don't know. Um, I don't know, sir. And uh, those were the ways to do it. So, um, all right, Steve, uh, Bob, thank you. We'll see you next week. Hopefully we'll have the studio up and running by then. Uh, take care, 100%. Paul. All right, and uh, take care. Have a great week. Let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and coasties, guardians in our thoughts and in our prayers. We'll see you next week on Baylor Radio. I don't do it for the glory. I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures. My responsibility Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure Being on